0: Welcome to my podcast. So I got to go to the movies recently. That used to be a very common thing for me, but it's been a while since it's been a common thing for me. But I got to go to the movies recently, and the movie I saw was Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Or in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm not going to look it up immediately, but yes. um. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good, actually. Of the Phase 4 projects that have dropped so far, Black Widow and Shang-Chi and the Eternals, or I guess it was just Eternals, I believe that Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is probably my favorite one. I liked them all. I like Black Widow. I really like Shang-Chi. I did not like the Eternals at all. But I appreciate that it exists because I do like the Eternals as uh, comic book characters. But uh, yeah, of all those projects, I think that Doctor Strange 2, I think I'll just call it Doctor Strange 2 going forward. I think that Doctor Strange 2 is probably my favorite of Phase 4 so far. It's the energy. Like it has the ridiculous bombast. It has this, the spectacle that I, that I want to see, that I'd like to see in a project like that. It has the c- consistent emotional through line that a Marvel project has to have by mandate, I guess. Uh, the script is kind of dumb. Doesn't bother me. I, I barely notice it because the thing is snap. Sam Raimi's really driving this thing all the way through, and uh, I appreciate that a lot. I will probably see it again, which has not been true since Endgame. I used to see every Marvel movie in the theater twice. Sometimes more times, uh, and since Endgame, that has not been the case. But I will probably see this one in the theater more than once, because it kind of begs to be seen in the theater more than once. It's a fantastic action spectacle. Not saying that Shang-Chi wasn't fun and a uh, sweet action spectacle. It was. Shang-Chi had some saggy bits. Black Widow had some saggy bits. Eternals was a saggy bit. But Doctor Strange 2 does not have that problem. So even if some of the the script decisions kind of strain credulity, who cares? It's a good time. Yeah, I think it's really fun. Benedict Cumberbatch, as good as he's ever been, as Doctor Strange. I like the fact that they play up that he is still an asshole. Like, no matter what you think of him as the savior of the universe, his character is still kind of ego-driven and still kind of a jerk. No matter what. I like that there's a through line for his relationship with Christine, which was never earned before, but it never, there was never really time to focus on that as a thing before, except in the what if animation, but they established something and they carried that idea through in this movie. And I like that Sam Raimi on a Marvel project directly. And I didn't know how I would feel about this. People wanted to see him because people are huge fans of Raimi as a, uh, as, as an auteur director, he has his fans from the Spider-Man movies, but also from his Evil Dead projects. I would say, if you're a cinephile, then Evil Dead is probably more where you're coming from because it it's the truest representation of of Sam Raimi's vision. He killed it. Like, there's Raimi stuff in there that, that very specifically Raimi stuff that that people love that I don't, I probably don't love quite as much. It feels superfluous. Some of his aesthetic decisions, some of his camera moves and and camera tricks even in a Doctor Strange movie where some of that stuff should feel more appropriate. But it gives energy to the movie. It keeps it moving. And like I said, that's the thing I appreciate most. The portrayal of Wanda as a villain, I like that. I like that a lot because after WandaVision, I thought they were going to let her off the hook, and they did not let her off the hook. She did something villainous. And the implication in this movie, although it's never spoken out loud, is that Wanda's villainy carries through most of the multiverse. Basically, any universe in which she has a she still has those children, she's still living her WandaVision life, which means that she still has an entire town as her captive or as her hostage because the WandaVision house that she's raising those children in the WandaVision musical cues playing in the background The fact that we don't see anybody else. We don't know what happened to Vision under those circumstances, but that's ideal life that she has. And we know that it's the Wanda Vision life because she's still Wanda. She's still the Wanda Maximoff we know. She still has her powers in these other universes. She's not just some regular American housewife. This is still the fabricated life that she created for herself. So she's villainous all the way through with our Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, the 616 Wanda being the greatest representation of that villainy having absorbed the, or taken hold of the power of the Scarlet Witch through the Darkhold. She's a master of chaos magic, more powerful than all of the other magical beings on Earth combined, seemingly. She becomes a true threat. A true threat in a very small story. Like, Wanda is a threat not only to our universe, but all universes. But the story that's being told about that threat is is smaller than you would expect this is like a, an end game a larger than end game level threat but it's just about a few people it's about wanda and doctor strange and america the character america not the country america and then wong wong gets a part in there too with guest appearances by a really extraordinary cohort of cameos we see captain carter awesome captain carter makes an appearance that's awesome i'm a fan i think Haley atwell is awesome and she's quite the looker she's quite fetching and we see monica rambo's mother having taken the role of captain marvel instead in another universe i forget that actress's name but <laughs> i kind of wish that she'd gotten to do more but i'm sure that she was just happy to be in there she was awesome john krasinski people are complaining that he didn't do much with reed richards but there wasn't Much given for him to do with Reed Richards. No, he doesn't really come off as the Reed Richards we know. And the Reed Richards we know is kind of like he's Batman. He's prepared for everything. And he's smart enough that he knows almost everything that's going to happen. And this Reed kind of leaves with his chin and gets effed up because of it. I'm a big fan of Anson Mount from Hell on Wheels, so I was glad to see him, kind of, even if he didn't have any lines, which is appropriate because he was Black Bolt, reintroducing the character from the failed TV show that nobody watched. So that was kind of cool. I'm the biggest Marvel fan of all time. I did not see the Inhumans TV show. Uh, I heard it was bad. It looked bad in Even Still, so I did not see it. But I like Anson Mount, so I'm glad that he got to be in this movie. And yeah. Good time, and of course Patrick Stewart. Of course, Patrick Stewart. We knew he was going to be there because he was in the trailer, but seeing Patrick Stewart was wonderful, except for the fact that Patrick Stewart is really old. Like he's really old. Like he he can be done now. Like really, he doesn't have to do this anymore. And not that I'm not happy to see him in anything. Sir Patrick Stewart is he's great. And he's a significant, a significant presence in my growth. From youth to adulthood, as a fan of media. Captain Picard is, is my dude. Professor Xavier is also my dude to a lesser extent. Actually, the the greatest representation of Professor Xavier is, of course, Logan, which is something that came out in my adulthood. Man, Patrick Stewart is good in that. But uh, yeah, it was great to see him, even if he got horribly, horribly murked. I, I don't think they represented his power well enough. Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier is powerful and the way he's gotten taken out a few times now belies how powerful he actually is i don't like that so much but you know what the movie was just it was zippy kept it moving under those circumstances yeah just let stuff happen and keep it moving the newer or novel representations of what strange can do with his power very cool like i feel like his power is still too grounded in physical reality and in like the the manifestations of what it can do can be colorful and and bombastic but the effects should be more metaphysical as opposed to physical like he's he's doing like green lantern stuff through a lot of the movie and i don't think that should be the real manifestation of his power he does also do some summons as part of his like regular power set and i do like that because that is probably most of dr strange's magic is summoning the power of other entities that's the source of his power. Like when he does a spell, he's summoning the power of a, a greater entity, the hoary hosts of Hogoth and the rings of Ragandor or whatever. So, yeah, they they represented visually some of that here. And I did appreciate it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I'm excited to see more of what's to come, like the way this movie ended with the appearance of Clea who, if you are not familiar, Clea is a regular part of the Doctor Strange mythos. Uh, it's like his girlfriend for a lot of the mythos, but uh, somebody said the other day that, that they got married at some point, so maybe still Strange's wife. I'm not sure. I don't think so, because he just hooked up with Captain Marvel in canon fairly recently. So, But yeah, just super cool. I love Charlize Theron. And as Clea, awesome. Clea is supposed to be younger, but I don't think that's important. I, I, I don't care about that at all. Like, these old 1960s representations of what these characters were doesn't have to be who they are now, so I'm all about it. And I'm excited to see Umar, her mother, and the return of Dormammu. All kinds of fun stuff is in the cards. The return of Chiwetel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. I would have liked to see more from that. I was hoping that this would kind of be his movie before it became Wanda's movie, and as Wanda's movie, it was fun. I, like I said, I enjoyed that I like Elizabeth Olsen a lot, so I didn't mind that. But I would like to see a movie that focuses on Baron Mordo as the uh, the villain of the Doctor Strange movie. Because Chiwetel Ejiofor is a really good actor. I think that given the space to do stuff, he could really do stuff. I guess Benedict Cumberbatch is too. At this point, Marvel gets the best of the best anyway. The MC Feige brings in really good actors to do these things people who could play these roles with their eyes closed and they all give it their all. usually most of the time sometimes so you'd think the episode would end there but it doesn't it doesn't because i was inspired by watching doctor strange and the multiverse of madness to look up other similar content and so i watched 1992's Dr. Mordred. What does Dr. Mordred have to do with Dr. Strange, you say? Well, in the 80s, a producer named Charles Band had optioned the adaptation for Dr. Strange to the big screen. He let the option expire, but he already had a script. So instead of scrapping what work had been done, changed the name and produced, straight to video, Dr. Mordred. So I'd heard of this thing before. I remember seeing it in the video store, I believe, and I never I've never seen it. I had never seen it. It looked uh, ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. It is straight to video nineteen nineties ridiculous. It looks like it looks like Seinfeld. It doesn't actually look like Seinfeld, but like the character archetypes, the way the people are dressed, and the, the quality of the video, it's everything about it just screams nineties. Dr. Mordred himself, who is the Doctor Strange character, is like 90's regular guy archetype. Like, blandly handsome, but also kind of tiny and puffy tanchinos. And uh, just like regular dude, he's like a sitcom guest star on Seinfeld. And the villain is uh, Brian Thompson, who has a very recognizable face. He is most recognizable as the villain from all kinds of 80s and 90s stuff. He's like a blonde dude, but he's got like a big villainy, monstrous face. Uh, He was in the original Terminator. Nope, just Street Punk there. He was was in Star Trek. A a bunch of Star Trek. I, I do recognize him from a lot of Star Trek, but I feel like his face is recognizable enough as a character actor that we probably know him from a bunch of stuff. Three Amigos, Cobra... Too much time with Brian Thompson. I, I guess I recognize him the most from uh, Co- Stallone's Cobra. He's a villain. <laughs> he is the villain. Yeah, you don't have character actors like that anymore, where they focus on the, uh, the, the shortcomings of the actor to make them villainous. And other standout characters, Yvette Nipper, or Nippar, as the female lead, is kind of a 90s archetype, like she's competent. But not competent enough to, to take care of herself. She needs the assistance of Dr. Mordred, and she just, uh, she's got crispy, uh, crispy 90s perm. The other standout character is uh, Jay Acavone, who is doing a Robert Davi impression, but it's not really a Robert Davi impression. He's just, he's one of the archetypes of that time, like the, um, the tough New York Italian. In a very specific way, though. Kind of like Christopher Maloney, but of that period of time. And it's it's all ridiculous. It is such a fun time watching something that's bad, that has sparks of brilliance, like there's a stop-motion dinosaur skeleton battle at the end, where Dr. Mordred and the villain, played by Brian Thompson, known as Cabal, animate these skeletons like the Natural History Museum or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Like, terrible, but also kind of inspired. Like, I thought it would be boring, because most superhero projects that are low-budget from that period of time are kind of boring. But it's actually not boring. It moves decently for what it is. I would put it on the level of something like The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, but with titties. Because it's a straight-to-video movie and not a TV show. But it's that same level of production. Same quality all around, like it doesn't have anybody that is as talented as Bill Bixby in in the entire cast, but it's surprisingly decent. I was shocked. I had fun. It was a good time. Man, I am peaking hard there. When I get excited, the audio peaks, and I'm looking at the audio right now, and I can see that. It's surprisingly decent. The 90s should be kind of proud of what they have going on there. So if you get a chance, uh, it's on Tubi. I saw it on Tubi. It's worth a look, and I think it's short. It's, I think it's under ninety minutes. Uh, Doctor Mordred. If you'd like to talk to me about Doctor Strange two or anything else that's come down the pipeline, you can hit me up on Twitter at janky old broke hobo Spider-Man at Jonathan Blade, and catch me on my other podcast, Smack My Pitch Up, where uh, myself and Mike the Hobbit Bicket are smacking around your favorite movies from the past and present. And remaking them to please a modern day audience or ourselves or just our wildest flights of fancy. Good times. Alright kids, as always, thanks for listening.